Hello everyone, today we're talking about Pink Floyd Metal. With me I have Cade. Hello! Isaiah. Hello. Kay. Hey. And Romy. <laughs> hey. Metal is the uh, sixth studio album by English rock band Pink Floyd, released on October 30th, 1971 under Harvest Records, produced by the band itself, and the genre is progressive rock. Now I'm going to read the uh, all music review from Stephen Thomas Irwin. Adam Hart Mother, for all of its glories, was an acquired taste, and Pink Floyd wisely decided to trim back its orchestral excesses for its follow-up metal. Opening up with the deliberately surging one of these days, metal spends most of its time with sonic textures and elongated compositions, most notably with its on its epic closer, Echoes. If there aren't pop songs in the classic sense, even on the level of the group's contributions to Amagumma, there is a uniform tone, ranging from the pastoral A Pillow of Winds to Fearless, with its insistent refrain hinting at latter-day Floyd. Pink Floyd were nothing if not masters of texture, and metal is one of their greatest excursions into little details, pointing the way to the measured brilliance of Dark Side of the Moon and the entire Roger Waters era. Here, David Gilmour exerts a slightly larger influence, at least based on lead vocals, but it's not all sweetness and light. Even if its wilting rhythms are welcome, Sand Tropez feels out of place with the rest of metal. Still, the album is one of the Void's most consistent explorations of mood, especially from their time at Harvest, and it stands as the strongest record they released between Sid Barrett's departure and The Dark Side of the Moon. Alright, what do we think of Metal by Pink Floyd? Um, well, I think I grasp why people need to get high to listen to Pink Floyd albums now because it's all it was all right, but I wouldn't call it masterful. Al opinion. No, no, I'm sorry. Frankly, I would not but, call this album masterful either, but it does hold a special place to you my heart. You don't need drugs to enjoy Pink Floyd. You need they, Pink Floyd they to enjoy peak, drugs. They peak with the wall, okay? I don't know if this is before or after the wall, but either yeah, way. Before. And you, t- you can tell it's before. It's be- okay, it's before, whatever, but still, the wall is the wall, and then this is just, meh. This is kind of why you have to do albums for bands in chronological order, because you can't start with, like, we literally started with the wall. Every other album is just going to be worse, you know? You don't start with Sgt. Peppers. You work up to it. You got to get the quality. You got to get a, you so, got to work up an immunity. So, in to, a way... To- this is all your fault for making us do the wall first. Perhaps. But also, that Nostalgia Critic The Wall episode made a, had more billion views on it, so I don't know. True. I mean, I mean, and everyone Morbius was... himself did show up. Yeah. Um, so. We had so many special guests. 60-year-old viewer was a blast. Even Doug Walker himself showed up. Yeah. And Roger Walters. He <laughs> was very excited to meet Nostalgia Critic. They shook hands. <laughs> And um, of course, then uh, Roger Waters broke Doug Walker's balls, but even Ringo showed up. But then he he started acting suspicious. I don't know why. Yeah, maybe we'll. Find I haven't out. looked up any Ringo news recently. I hope nothing happened. That would be terrible. We can look up Ringo news after we uh, give out our thoughts on on the album, like out of ten. But uh, okay. I just think this album holds a, a dear place in my heart because uh, I don't want to get into too many details about my personal life, but uh, I was uh, listening to this album when we were driving from a family event in uh, North Carolina, and 
There's just something about how the the smoothness and the calmness of it all that that may just makes me come back to it and feel all fuzzy inside. It's like a, one of my comfort albums. I wouldn't necessarily call it the best album of all time. I don't think it would scrape my top 20 best albums of all time, but I still thoroughly enjoy it whenever it's played. Yeah. Any notes on that, Cade? I have, it was all right. I liked it. I guess I liked acts one through three of of Echoes. The last two acts were all rightish, I guess. But you know, if I have to give this album a numerical rating, not on now. A scale, Wait, no, not now. We still have to talk about the contents of the album. And let's start off with the big ass elephant in the room, Echoes. Literally, because it's the longest song on the album. S H I T. Yeah, it's- <laughs> hey! It stinks. Really, though, um, top five greatest Pink Floyd songs ever. I would not call it number one because, honestly, that would go to Shine On You Crazy Diamond. Oh, that's true. And then the other four would be All songs from The Wall. So, nope. uh, I don't know. Um, The Wall doesn't have any songs over ten minutes, L record. Yeah, that's an immediate but disqualifier. I- but what yeah. about the So Long Oscar bait song? Smoke a bong and it'll feel less wrong. <laughs> Hang a gong, get it on. Is that a freaking Cars 2 reference? Um, it's technically a T-Rex reference, but... I know. Yeah. I was being funny. When Corey, when Corey Taylor yeah. uh, covered that, that particular song on the Nostalgia Critic episode, that was pretty cool, wasn't it, guys? Yeah. What's even cooler is that he covered it for us live in the Nostalgia Critic's The Wall episode. Uh, but you win some, you lose some. Such a nice man, that Corey Taylor Swift. Yeah. He gave me a mask. I still have it. So, uh, Echoes, as Kate said, it's divided into, like, uh, discrete acts or parts. And one of those parts is, like, a very tight jam sequence with a very, like, dirty, like, organ riff. I, I like that part. And then all of a sudden it goes to, like, whale noises. <laughs> That's for, the best part. For four minutes. <laughs> that is peak Pink Floyd right there. Peak Floyd. Yeah, exactly. It was a pretty bizarre adventure of a song, I must say. But, you know, at the end of the day, it did not make me want to say a bunch of curse words. So, you know? <laughs> Spelled them out in particular. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't, it didn't make me want to give birth through egg form. So, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's a good song, I guess. It didn't want to make me t- turn into a Nazi and build a wall. But yeah. I still think it's uh, it's like a forerunner in the genre known as post-rock, which according to Rate Your Music puts emphasis on sonic texture as opposed to like a hard like rock and roll beat. And when I say sonic Wait, texture... Sonic texture? Sonic not, texture. I was just about to say, not Sonic my, Hedgehog. No, but my favorite Sonic texture is the one from Sonic Heroes. It's so glossy and shiny. <laughs> that would have slight. That was a good joke. Yeah. Laugh. You know what? Just for that, I'm going to make a Pink Floyd Sonic the Hedgehog crossover. I don't know I'm, what it's going to be sure like. I'm sure there's one out there. Oh, that Riley could do that. She's our. I mean, canonically, sister. canonically, Eggman did blow up the dark side of the moon, so. Yeah. Um, Cade, uh, you and I, it does sound like we disagree a lot on this album, but we can just agree, um, The Wall is better. The Wall is always better. I don't know if there's any Pink Floyd album that is ever going to top it. I don't know mm-hmm. if there's, there's not a lot of albums that probably can top it. Frankly, besides, uh, like, Target. 
Frankly, I think that uh, Dark Side of the Moon, Wish You Were Here, and Animals are better than The Wall. And that's not saying that's, I that's hate... That's so true, that's so true. That's not saying I hate The Wall. I, I think it's one of my favorite rock operas of all time. I just think those if three albums ever... are better. <laughs> Actually, the final cut is the best Pink Floyd <laughs> album ever made. It's up there with Lodger. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I... I found something really interesting about Echoes. Um, Jacques Cousteau played this during his Caribbean escapades. Huh. Such an old fart, I wouldn't expect him to play any rock music. I want Echoes to be played at my funeral. Yeah, play... I want San Tropez played at my funeral. Such a good song. I can't believe Pink Floyd created Yacht Rock. If we ever do Dark Side of the Moon, one of us has to, we all have to sync it up to a different film. Like, one, someone does The Wizard of Oz, someone does... Paul Bartmall Cop 2. Paul Bartmall Cop 2, and then everyone oh my else God. tries to... I'll assign everyone films else. to each and every one. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Rhino Towing! I call Rhino Towing! <laughs> <laughs> that would be freaking epic. And since I, I want Dark Side of the Moon to be our biggest episode yet, with as many people on it as possible... That's so many movies, yo. But our biggest episode yet, but how could we ever top the wall nostalgia critic review? There was literally like fifty guests. No, you miscounted. It's more like seventy. Up. There was more billion guests on that episode. <laughs> <laughs> even, even old even, himself showed yeah, up. Even our old guests like Allie and Jess showed up. Wasn't that awesome? Yeah, and we all got super morbed. It was great. Yeah, mm. yeah it tra- it truly transcended space and time. Mm-hmm. Just like Morbius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really like, uh, what was it? One of These Days, which was like That's the like instrumental That's like the best day. opener ever. At okay, least... I'm sorry, but... Um, swear to God, Kate. When I saw that title, when I was listening to this, in my head, the only thing I could think of was that Limb Biscuit song. <laughs> That's like, it's just one of those days. Don't fucking compare yeah. Pink Floyd to Limp Bizkit. <laughs> You're not comparing Limp Bizkit And the entire time I was listening to the song, I was like, dang, I want to wa- listen to the Limp Bizkit song instead. Look, is Limp Bizkit... guitar. If, is Limp Bizkit... Technically, is Limp Bizkit technically, like, musically-wise, worse? Yes. But are they funner? Yes. Unless you... Especially when you put their their vocals on top of a uh, sledgehammer. What? They did that. Oh, Neil Cesariga uh. did that. Anyway, so uh, the the threatening lyric. One of these days, I'm gonna cut you into little pieces. Was spoken by the drummer of the band, Nick Mason. It was recorded through a ring modulator and slowed down to create an eerie effect. It was. Aimed at Sir Jimmy Young, a BBC radio DJ, who the band supposedly disliked because of his tendency to babble. I always thought it was Roger who said that. Hmm. Nope, it's Nick. It's the only thing he's ever said in his entire life. He's not allowed to speak, you know, because he's a drummer. Because he's the drummer. Exactly. Nobody cares about the drummer. Just like our Lord Ringo. For 
for those wondering where Kay is, because she said hi in the beginning, but now she's gone. She she left for like an undisclosed amount of time, but she'll be back hopefully before the end of this episode. She's listening to echoes again. <laughs> but only the good. part with the whale noises. Only the only the whale noises. Yeah. Only the whale noises. This album are would good be enough. A 10 if echoes were just all the whale noises metal but all what 46 if- minutes are just the whale noises yeah yeah there's actually a album about nothing but whale noises it's called like it's ambient it's it's that album that dr doofenshmirtz used to impress his crush that one time no it's called songs of the humpback whale and it was produced by a guy named roger payne i thought you were gonna say roger waters and it wow spawned this it spawned the save the whales movement um really yeah, it it exists, and I'm not denying it exists. I'm just wondering. Wow, that was the that was the CD that caused everyone to save the whales. Wow. Yeah, and like it was part of the Voyager Gold record. Hmm. Hey, we should totally do like the Voyager Gold record. No, um, we shouldn't. But it's got Chuck Berry on it. We can do and Chuck Berry. We got Chuck Berry on the wheel already. If ah. we want to do Chuck Berry stuff, then we'll do. Back to the Future, the musical. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> Come on. Anyway, um, Pill of Winds was uh, like a super pretty, beautiful uh, Pink Floyd song. I like it because it's like Pink Floyd as a band before like Roger took over and before David took over. Its primary emphasis was on atmosphere and emotion. And this song creates a soothing atmosphere with tender, fuzzy emotions I just really like that song. And I can completely understand why people don't like it, but they just need to have a better exclamation than it's not in the modern cultural zeitgeist. All eyes are pointed at you, Cade. Wait, am I supposed to say something? Yeah, you're supposed to, you're supposed to be the one arguing against me. Hey, Kate. Um, hey, Andrew, can we explain oh, everything back. that happened? Kay's back, yeah. Can you um, explain everything that happened with while Kate was out? We were just talking about the four minutes of whale noises. That's uh, it. Yeah, I think and that, that, and yeah. that there's there's like an entire album of whale noises out there. Yeah. Oh, oh that's what you were posting. Okay. Thank you for the clarification. Uh, well, Those from yeah. whale noises album. I thought they were just like noises. <laughs> well, you know, Andrew, I could come up with this distinct, thoroughly thought out argument, this 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 well researched, well cited, all of that with sources, but instead I will use my ultimate trump card. The one that makes me win every argument ever. Lord Ringo told me the album was not as good as you think it is, so therefore it's true, and everything Lord Ringo does is perfect. There's no thing Lord Ringo has ever done that's ever bad. He's literally You're so right. <laughs> This, this can't be no, true. I'm gonna like throw you off the, <laughs> off the oh. sailing ship. I'm gonna search he, he, this up on his Twitter. This can't be true. Ringo Starr can do that. Oh my God, he is. No, no, no. This is impossible. No. Twitter moment. He was the chosen one. They got to him. He's become the very thing we swore to destroy. This is not a video of him being like, guys, I have my own virtual museum. Buy my NFTs. (laughs) This isn't peace and love. This is war and hate. (laughs) He's not even selling any of the MS Paint art stuff as NFTs. It's just normal art. It would have been okay if he did that. It's just if you I, if you want to do uh, a virtual came... like museum art museum then that's fine. Why the hell did you have to bring the NFTs into it, Ringo? 
the NFTs. Is it just as bad as uh, Dear Evan Hansen doing a collab with Roblox, Roblox. and uh, Board Ape? I'd argue it's more. Awareness? I'd argue it's more offensive because it, burn this I mean, world. we could a- we could actually see like Ben Platt and Roblox going into NFTs, but never in a million billion years would we imagine Ringo Starr doing like. You the, foresaw uh, the Roblox thing? Wait, how could you have accepted that? I want to discuss. Are you a fucking wizard? <laughs> what? No, but it's just, it's just, I, I mean, I could just hypothetically see Roblox doing, like, NFT stuff. Frankly, uh, I think this is the worst thing that Ringo Starr has ever done. And keep in mind, <laughs> yeah. he was in the uh, Beatles. He's not just a clown, he's the entire circus! He's truly the entire circus. Did anyone my hear pal, my, my sick pal. joke? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, I did. My powers... They're gone. <laughs> Only one instance of it left. I must say. Now, by association, Kate is pro NFT. <laughs> no, 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 It's Uh-oh. gone. I've renounced Lord Ringo, but I only have one Ringo magic left. I can only use it one more time, so I'm going to save it okay. for reasons. Uh, okay, if you ever use it again, then you're never allowed to use it after that. We're keeping tally on that. Anyway, um, Kay, you've been gone for like 15 minutes. Uh, what do you think of the album? Um, you know, it was alright. Fine. That's exactly Kinda. what I expected out of you. That's yeah. fine. You get a pass. You know, I didn't like... Here's the thing. I was gonna say I didn't hate it, but also I feel like that's too positive. I didn't not hate it. I didn't not hate it. I think that's the most accurate way I can describe it. Mm. It was kind of a chore. Let's let's say it like that. Bruh. It wasn't, yeah. like, a gross chore. It wasn't like I had to, like, take out the trash and then fight three raccoons while doing it. It was just, like, you have to organize a shelf. The fact that like, you that mentioned that... that was the kind that, of chore uh, I would classify this album like as. feels like that has already happened to you. The raccoons thing or the shelf thing? Because I've organized the many a shelf. The, the raccoons. Uh, well, I don't have rabies, so uh, I'm good. Okay. It's not happened to me. Don't worry. But I, I don't really like it when people think of, like, when they listen to albums, like, as, like, a chore. Because, I don't know, it just, it, it gives the album a negative connotation. I mean, I sometimes, it, if it's bad, it can be a chore. Yeah. It, it more had those vibes. Not saying this album is bad. Feel like I, I wasn't really doing anything while I was listening. To, like, usually I'll draw while I listen to the albums, but I wasn't feeling very motivated the day I was listening to it. So I was just kind of, like, lying there, mm. like, listening. I, well, And I it mean, was just kind of boring. <laughs> I will admit there were like a few like albums we did on this podcast that I would consider to be like chores, you know, stuff like uh, Pokemon Live, the Sgt. Pepper's movie soundtrack, the Mountain Goats Beat the Champ, the Sonic 30th Anniversary Symphony. Hey, wait a minute, what the hell? Beat the Champ was okay. I completely forgot what rating I gave it, but it was was okay. Seven. What the hell? Yeah, but Uh, I gave it a seven. Yep. You did. What? The, what? what the what? It's a I'm good so... album. <laughs> Go listen to their... The Mountain Goats recently did like a live session thing. Like a live session album. Okay. Where they like re- redid some of their songs, right? And they did some of the songs from Beat the Champ. And it's... Those are pretty good. Go listen to those. Those are pretty good. So... What album? My Woman Count? Oh, yes. No, here we go. Yeah. Absolutely. That, mm. that whole episode was just us going, we hated it. Frankly, I was I was indifferent towards it. You were about to have a complete mental breakdown over it. And Riley and I liked it. It was my Joker moment. 
Meanwhile, I do not think this album was a, a chore because uh, I, I mentioned this earlier, but Kay wasn't around to hear it. But uh, I was like going back from like a family uh, event. I don't want to specify what it was, but uh, I was a bit tired. I, I wanted to get into Pink Floyd's discography. I started from the beginning, like Pipe at the Gates of Dawn. I worked my way up to Adam Hartmother. And I just decided to listen to the rest of Pink Floyd's discography on the drive home. And uh, I put on metal and I thought, uh, this is nice, calming after all the, the waves of emotions that happened this past weekend. So, can you blame me for having a close affinity for this album? Mm. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Let's not carry. <laughs> Shut my <laughs> mouth. Okay. I'm going to... Oh, I won't mention <laughs> that. I won't mention you carry white the next time you bring that up. <laughs> I'm entering my carry era. Your carry arc. My carry arc. Mm. <laughs> so um, true. You know, Fearless. I, Looking back, it's not the best song off this album, Fearless, especially because it's not Taylor's version. But <laughs> I do see why it's the most popular song from this album on Spotify. It's got like an, an easy like guitar tab on it. I did not know it was the most popular on the album until like after you told me last week. I was like, mm. no way. It's like the the you shine of Pink Floyd songs. It's just easy to learn and that's why it's so popular. It's good. <laughs> it's repetitive sometimes, but it's good. But Fearless, uh it actually has a hidden little show tune reference in it because at the end the the song like fades into like the Liverpool football club singing you'll never walk alone from uh carousel was it yeah carousel and i thought and i thought the theater kids would find that interesting but considering that they laughed me off when i mentioned that i had a copy of the music man on vinyl for one dollar i i don't feel comfortable i don't that what is everyone's part. thoughts on carousel carousel was, i don't, don't even know what it is I have listened to like one song and I thought it was like uh... I've only heard like uh, like probably like two or three and one of them of course was You'll Never Walk Alone which there are like a bunch of versions of let me yeah. see if I can find the, any uh, on my phone the most popular version of the song was 1963 single from the local Liverpool group Jerry and the Pacemakers which explains why uh, You'll Never Walk Alone is so popular with like the Liverpool football club uh, fandom my sister and uh, her husband they actually just took, recently took a trip to Liverpool because uh, my sister cool. husband um, is such a big fan of the of the club. Uh, speaking of, I have uh, three versions of the song on my phone. They are by Barbara Streisand, uh, Trisha Yearwood, and Josh Groban. Hmm. Epic peer moment. When are we going to get our Roger Josh, Waters? my boy? When are we going to get our Roger Waters cover of the, 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 the You'll Never Walk Alone? We should, we should have Lee write to him telling him to do it. You'll never walk on my balls. Are there Pink Floyd NFTs? Oh god, they're better not. I hope not. They if they are, they must be black market. They abs no, they absolutely have made a NFT of that stoop of the of the dark side of the moon cover. Okay, so not Pink Floyd itself. Not the band itself, but like people did like make like black market NFTs of course the famous Dark Side Prism. Ooh. Which I find to be very, you know, reprehensible. I think that album cover will be abused for like for as long as humanity lives. Because yeah. I, I had no idea that was Pink Floyd, but I've seen it like all my life until I started getting into this music at like seventh grade. I was like, oh my god, that's Pink Floyd. Isaac Newton is so cool. 
Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, Newton was kind of a badass. Oh my god, so right Lois, look, it's Pink Floyd. He was the fir- he was the first incel, but he still did shit. So he was the only good incel. That's true. Yeah. It's sad because it's I true. I like how I'm talking about Isaac Newton. and cringe. We haven't even given a numerical uh input Because we're still talking album. about the album. Anyway. Are we though? Yes! Yes we are! Vaguely, I guess, technically. Let's now talk about the greatest song on the album a bit more, as well as the greatest song in Pink Floyd's entire discography, Seamus. The dog song, let's go. The best song on the album. <laughs> it's two minutes long, consists of David Gilmore strumming stru- stru- a guitar while a dog is howling in the background. Not ironically, I probably had the most fun listening to that one. It's, it is a fun song. I'll give you that. It's fun. But it's also boring. I still don't know what a Seamus is. I don't. Seamus is a name. He says it. He it's says a name, isn't it? That's the dog. No, 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 Shame no. Is. But like shame, like this, like names usually come from like a job or some shit like that, right? So what is a Seamus? Uh, Seamus uh, is an Irish male given name of Hebrew origin via Latin. It's the Irish equivalent of the name James. Oh. James. <laughs> Oh wait, I no, that makes so much sense. Seamus huh. Buffett. I can't oh, wait for uh, for shame for less productions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how do you, how do you get like a a J to a S? That, that makes no sense to me. How do you oh, go from J to S? The Irish. Celtic language is whack, man. Yeah. <laughs> you won't see me speaking Celtic languages in my house anytime soon. Unless you're listening to Seamus. Mm, of course. Then you have a right to. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, when uh, Roger Waters is singing the second best song of Pink Floyd, several species of small furry animals gather together in a cave and grooving with picked. <laughs> the, the song that gave Wyatt a panic attack when I played it for him. Oh my god, really? <laughs> All those years ago. Yep. Yeah. Uh-oh. It was a very bad. great moment. We'll save the lyrics for another time. There are lyrics to that song? Well, it's spoken. It's like spoken poetry, really. <sighs> Okay, Amagama as a whole is just no. I like Grantchester Meadows, and not forget the live version of Careful With That Axe, Eugene. I need to re-listen to it. Mm. Um, Cade, um, would you say that uh, Metal is better or worse than the Yes album? Because I re-listened to that episode today, and your problem with the Yes album was that it didn't have a reason to have songs as long as they were whereas this album has like decently sized uh, songs and then one big ass 20 minute song well that's the thing like i mean the yes album was too long in areas and this one is long in only one area but it's not like a, it's it's not a balance man if it if it was like a six album track right and there was two that were long it'd be like a perfect balance i would say right but it's all just it's everything is short until the long ass song. 
Right. I feel like they should have interspersed the Echoes acts into the album. So then you're like, oh my god, it's the second part of the Echoes, you know? I could you, I could see cool, something actually. like that, like with uh, like they did with Shine on on Wish You Were Here. Yeah. But over like it's okay. Are we can we give numerical numbers now or are we Regar- still- you know, regard regardless, I, I still like uh, the album as is. Like I would, sh- I would change a few things about it. Maybe a couple chords. Maybe I'd do a few things different. Like maybe get rid of Seamus altogether. But overall, I don't <laughs> I think do. you can. I, I don't think you can like separate the parts of Echoes. I feel like it needs to be experienced as as a whole, and not just like in separate parts. Mm. But of course, that's just me. So yes, I guess. We can go into numerical ratings now. Cade, I am very scared at what you're going to say. Alright, so I'm going to pull out a famous rating from the YouTuber, uh, Your Movie Sucks. (sighs) Not the worst YouTuber you could have pulled up. I'm giving this album a 6 out of 10. It's more of a 5 and 7. Well, I mean, 6... not the worst thing ever. Yeah, I mean... It could have been worse. It could have you could have given it a six and then decided, oh, this album's gonna give me a mental breakdown. It needs to be a zero. It's just there. Um, yep. Isaiah, how about you? This is one of the easiest ratings in the world. Like a <laughs> nine point nine. It's almost perfect, but it's not animals. So, yeah, nine point nine. If Seamus was on animals, <laughs> it would be the most perfect if, yeah, album if, of if, all time. That would be my favorite album of all time. But unfortunately, it's on this. Uh huh. Okay. Um, you know, I was gonna give it a five, but that feels kind of mean because I feel like a lot of what I liked was dependent on the circumstances I was listening to it in. So maybe like a five and a half. Hmm. Sorry, I just didn't have a great time with this one. So you're meaning to say that Clapton is better than this album? What did I give Clapton? Uh, let me let me just search this up. For those who don't know, the Clapton I'm talking about is Disraeli Gears by Cream, 1967. It's not really Clapton. Fine album, but 5.7. I give this one a 5.75. Hmm, okay. I just want it to be higher. I don't care how much higher, just higher. Uh, Romy, how about you? I'm going to be generous and give it a 6.9. Uh, that's not generous, 69. that's nice. Um, I'm with Isaiah on this one. Well, I'm not going to give it a 9.9 because it's definitely not my favorite Pink Floyd album. I think The Wall is better. I think The Dark Side of the Moon is better. I think The Animals is better. And I think Wish You Were Here is better. In that order. Because Wish You Were Here is one of my favorite albums of all time. But there's just this album just has... It's like rudimentary Floyd. It's, it's, it's like they just found their sound, so they're not... It's they're not gonna be like masterful with it right away. I think the Pink Floyd only truly started coming into their own with Dark Side of the Moon. And, Patrick Bateman. Yeah, and <laughs> and their powers uh, climaxed with The Wall. But with that said, uh, this album is just it's a nice little starting point into Pink Floyd, if you asked me. And it uh, it's also just a nice a, a cozy listen like. It, in the right circumstances and atmosphere, if you listen to stuff like uh, One of These Days or A Pillow of Winds and Echoes, you're listening to it maybe like in peace and quiet in a field, watching like a beach at sunset. Maybe you'd have a much different experience than anywhere else you'd listen to it. So I give this album an 
8.6. I gave the Yes album an 8.5 that I just, I think uh, metal's better just slightly. And I have to retract a few points because Seamus, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's the greatest song of all time, which is why it deserves to be on its own as opposed to being part of this uh, group of mid-ass songs. <laughs> Okay, um, so around this time last year, Cade hostilely took over my podcast for the month, and he and he made us listen to albums that he wanted us to listen to. It was a very not good time for this podcast because he never gave us prior knowledge to it. It just happened, which is yes. wh- which is why uh, I decided to come to Cade uh, diplomatically. And we have came up with a solution. Cade Month 2 will, like, pseudoly, like, happen. Like, it won't be as, like, bombastic as Kate, as the original Cade Month. Because we should wash our hands of that sin as much as we could. But I'm, what I'm trying, and also what the, I'm trying the to say... Is, yeah. The schedule for the podcast is scaled back, so there's not as many episodes yeah. in a single month. Exactly. What I'm trying to say is... Um, don't be too sad that Cade Month 2 is happening, because I'm still the, the leader of the podcast. I'm still in charge. He is not sacking me. I am the the host. Yeah. But don't you want to go into the sack just for all time's sake? Just for one good good roll around? No! Exactly. No, we don't. After, after the end of this month, I will put you in the sack. Not, if, uh, not unless I use my magic. <laughs> okay, um... Uh, you, anyway, you told me I what the get, albums I, I are for this. Yeah, you, you told us all what the albums are for this month, so uh, why don't you give us the first one? Okay, so join us all next week when we cover Montero <laughs> by Little Nas X, everyone! Oh! Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> yeah! I like this one! I can live with this! Yeah. Alright, thank you for joining me on Rock of Ages. Rock of yeah. Ages. Rock. We did it every of one. Ages. Okay, thank you.